Alto University Podcast. This is Club Preachers. I'm Tommy Kaupinen. We are live, Beatrice. How are you doing? Good. <laughs> Hello. It's very nice being in Finland. The weather is amazing because now it's June. Yeah. And uh, it's nice to be surrounded by a lot of nice architecture. Yeah. And uh, the forest and all of that, the nature. So it's being really, really nice. And also nice people, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's Finland. <laughs> hey, exactly. um, Beatrice, can you please share to listeners about who you are and where do you come from, about your background, anything you would like to share, studies, anything? Okay, so I'm an associate professor at uh, the engineering school of University of Lisbon, and uh, I'm from mechanical engineering, so all my studies were in mechanical engineering, bachelor, master, PhD, and I'm from the, the field of manufacturing processes. So it's a field where you have big, big presses and big machines and all of that. So yeah, um, I like that. <laughs> University of Lisbon. Yes. Yeah. I did that all in University of Lisbon. But I have also some research in terms of research. I have also some collaboration with the Technical University of um, Denmark and also with the University of uh, Dortmund. So I have some... Mm. Ah, okay. Also German University. Yes. Oh, great. And also in Italy, Politecnico di Bari. Ah, as well. Yes, and University of Seville. So I I have connections. All of this in addition to European University Alliance Unite that we are both part of, where we have nine universities. Exactly. Amazing. Hey, this is exactly why uh, it's amazing to have this episode, because I would like to have a deep dive into all of these aspects and dimensions Um, you are so active uh, as an educator, as a researcher, and with your all of your amazing initiatives. So, um, how do you see the world now? So, um, what needs to be created or improved or developed? Anything? Okay, so I think the world right now it's adjusting to the fast pace of technology mm-hmm. development, and I think that. Everyone is afraid. Now there's this chat GPT and all of that. So people are very mm. afraid of that because it's the unknown. But I think that we should try to get opportunities from everything that happens because technology is not going to slow down the, the development no. yeah. <laughs> at all. So it's important for us to adjust and try to get the best benefits from, from mm. these developments. And, um, and I think it's, it's difficult because, well, The world is, there's us, the humans, and humans have struggled with uh, changing. Mm. And changing at this fast pace, it's mm. difficult. Mm. And uh, I think people need to adjust and also to, because there's this saying, I don't know if you know, you need, if you go out of your comfort zone, mm. it's where the magic happens. Yeah, so I yeah, think yeah. all of us need to go out of your com- our comfort zone so mm. we can enjoy the magic. Mm. and benefit from that and um, we need also to to get people more connected with each other so there's this um, the world is very self-centered mm. at the moment I think 
in my opinion. And I think we need to collaborate more, to know different perspectives from other people, try to put mm. on the other's shoes. And this is very difficult for adults. For kids, because they are very creative, it's very easy. But mm. for adults, adults, I think we lose that uh, capacity at a certain mm. point. Mm. Very interesting. And I absolutely agree with that. Hey, uh, you, you said something super interesting. You said that um, technology is... Um, developing. Of course, I mean, it doesn't develop itself, I mean, automatically, unless there is perhaps some AI involved. So uh, what do you think, what kind of future are we humans now building? And what kind of future is perhaps AI is also building with us? And sometimes it looks like almost it doesn't even need us to develop things. Um, so are we on the right track? if you think about the kind of, where are we going now to? Well, when computers appeared, mm. people thought about the same thing. So this is a, something very strange for us, but then people adjust. Yeah. And the only thing, and there's this, always this uh, question, then maybe the, uh, this new technology is going to, we are not going to have a job in the future and all of that. I don't think so. I think we need to have people with different jobs and different opportunities. Mm. So I think we need to see always on the other side, to, to look mm. on the other side of things. And I think with AI, so there are a lot of um, administrative stuff and boring stuff that people do all day mm. that could be replaced with that. And then people could do more creative things and enjoy more their lives. Mm. Mm. Of course, that um, requires them to know how to be creative and want to be creative. Do you think we can achieve that or is it like uh, not a question at all? I think people need space for that. Yeah. Need time to change their perspective because mm. we are all the time doing everything. We have the, our routines, but I yeah. think we need to change that. We need also to, we need time. Yeah, And one of the things that I think that with technology, people are afraid that they lose their jobs, but at the, what happens is that they have even more work. Yeah. So yeah. for instance, when we had the pandemic, yeah. we thought, oh, okay, we are going home, we have nothing to do. But then we work double what we, we <laughs> used to do. So I don't know, I think we need to yeah. adapt. It will be a new space and with yes. new opportunities. And uh, hey, talking about the opportunities and, and dreams, perhaps. So if you could dream anything to happen, what would that be? Like new, I mean, improvement of something or totally new innovation, invention, anything? That's a tough question for me because <laughs> I don't have those kind of dreams. Usually mm. I'm... I try to do the best with, with what I have. So in terms yeah. of research, I um, I would like to have a lot of equipment, a lot of mm. top high things. But sometimes the funding, it's not enough for everything. So yeah. we need to adjust with what yeah. we have and do the yeah. best we can do with what we have. And I think at my school, we have been doing a great job with that and in Portugal mm. because the, the funding, it's something that is difficult and uh, it's mm. not so straightforward. But I don't have that imagination. I think that uh, a world where everyone is happy with themselves mm. maybe could be that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a great dream. And uh, it's yeah, very happy. Yeah, my, my <laughs> difficult to reach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, but at least it's... Um, it's something, but perhaps we can help with um, 
also with even AI, but also perhaps by organizing our activities in a different way. I mean, help at least, uh, for example, giving us positive feedback and constructive feedback. I know that you are a big fan of this word feedback. So, <laughs> so I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, see, I think I think we need feedback. Mm. Even when we when someone's not saying to us anything, that's feedback. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> And a very bad feedback. Yeah. But I think that, uh, well, so feedback, I th since we are kids, we yeah. rely on feedback yeah. all the time. So I think we are a creation of the feedback that, that we received. Mm -hmm. And uh, another key word that it's always right now at the moment, it's very, very important. It's mental health. Mm -hmm. And I think feedback, giving feedback, the right feedback for people helps them also on that mm -hmm. to adjust themselves. And to say, okay, this feedback, it's, it makes no sense because it, I don't like the mm. way this person is. So I don't want to be like that. So I don't want to receive that feedback. And, and sometimes mm. when you have like a role model, so that person, you, the feedback that they give you, it's so, so important. So I think we need to mm. adjust on the feedback that we receive mm. all the time. So do you mean that like, I mean... People are, of course, obviously using a lot of time with social media, but they are also following, I mean, they role models. And if they give some like or quick comment, to they'll be very happy. Yeah. 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 But then is it very important? Mm. So you always need to put yeah, exactly. balance. Uh, because there is this thing called physical world as well and kind of. Actual yes. world. <laughs> and I'm from a culture, I don't know how it is in Finland, but from Portugal. Well, usually me as a professor, when I, well, usually professors in Portugal, when you have, when you see a report, when, when a student say answers to something, mm. if it's, if it, it says 90% of the, of the answer, it's right, but 10% it's wrong. They will say, okay, you failed on this 10%. Oh, I see. And this is the only feedback they receive. Yeah. And this is awful. Yeah. Because they were so nice, so good. They had they did a great job on the other 90%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people tend to focus on the criticism and on the bad things, and that's bad. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, a concept called mastery learning, where the idea is that if you do 90% of the exercises right or whatever like tasks, then you know the topic you master the topic I, i really love that so it's kind of opposite isn't it yes it's not focusing on the 10 percent no. kind of people focus yeah. on the on the bad thing yeah yeah which and is they, awful yeah that's why i try to put this on my classes i try to give a lot of feedback to my students so i have special classes in the course that i give it's in about manufacturing processes so i they have to do a project so i have specific classes just for feedback So the yeah. students have to make a small presentation and then I'll give feedback on what they have been doing, if it's fine, if it's not, asking them questions so they can mm -hmm. try to answer them during their, their work and try to put some creativity into mm -hmm. their work. And I think that is, that's very, very relevant to have time for that. Mm -hmm. But on the, on the other side, sometimes we, get, we give a lot of feedback and it's not efficient. Yeah, yeah, and, and by the way, you uh, you said something super interesting. You said that you are asking questions from them, so Socrates type of 
asking questions. So actually asking questions is a great way to give feedback. So instead of giving always answers, I mean, why not give more questions? Like, okay, yeah, did you consider also this one? Then students, yeah, then exactly. students can develop their, their yeah. uh, critical thinking. Exactly, exactly. You mentioned this concept. What do you really mean by that? According to whose definition are you talking about this topic? Have so, you thought about that exactly, or that? Exactly. And sometimes there are opposite directions. Yeah. And sometimes you say, but I need to choose. Which one is the best route? Mm -hmm. And I said, there's no right answer. You have mm -hmm. to choose. You have to yeah. make a balance and try to see which is the best way yeah, for you. Yeah, totally. Um, hey, um, now thinking about um, feedback, I mean, online learning is, is one phenomenon where feedback is not so easy to give because of the, I mean, it's challenging to use your body language and, and you know, like this kind of fast-paced interactions, especially with asynchronous learning. Um, synchronous learning with uh, online calls and, and those you can kind of, but even then eye, eye contact and those are not so easy to I maintain. Think, exactly. So, yeah. I think a mix of both. Mm. Well, it's it's the best option mm. because there are advantages and disadvantages on both of them. Yeah. So if we merge all the advantages of both online mm. and face-to-face -face learning, mm. what do you think are like if you um, name like few advantages of both of the ways? What could be it? Okay, so face-to-face, -face, I would say. As you, as you were saying, body language and all of that. So for me, it was very difficult during the pandemic to give online classes with the black screens of my students. <laughs> and they were a lot. So I get, usually I have 200 students. So it was very black. It was so difficult for me because yeah. I, when I'm giving a class face-to-face, I move and I ask questions depending on their faces yeah, or yeah. their expressions. So I lost that. So it was so boring. I get tired of my voice doing that. So, <laughs> <laughs> And with students, it's completely different. And yeah. I think it's even best for them. So mm -hmm. they, they profit more about the, the content and the, and the knowledge than if it's uh, an online. But when they are outside the classroom, mm -hmm. it's very important if they have online learning where they can rely on, because sometimes students don't know what they can do. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I did this last semester was uh, for each week, I would give a list of things regarding theoretical problems and the, the project they were doing and also the laboratory classes. So a list of things that for self-learning that they have to do, they should be doing. Yeah. Or, or if they do that, they were doing what, it should be done. Yeah. And that helped them a lot mm. because they sometimes students don't know very well because we give a class. So, and if I'm doing face to face, I make stops when I want to be okay. So, this is very, very important. Mm. So, take care, careful this because this is very relevant. This thing you really need to know. And when it's online, I give the same. Um, the same uh, relevance to these than to other things that are not relevant at all, but it's related with the with the class. Mm -hmm. So I think that for students, it's 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 important to have some classes face to face, mm -hmm. and others or other materials that can be online. Mm -hmm. And there's another thing that it's very important. So I rely 
a lot on uh, on lab and experimental work and for students so to have online classes in lab it's very difficult yeah. it's it's not repra- re- replaceable so during covid we did these videos explaining showing the a demonstration and all of that but then they don't have the they don't touch the the, yeah. the part they don't touch the metal that warmed yeah, up with the deformation so exactly but on the other side on my field we have these big tools that when the material is deforming it closes over itself so they don't see anything so if yeah. they have something online visualization uh, an uh, animation or something that shows them how really the material is deforming it's very powerful so that's mm-hmm. why i think the combination of both it's the it's the best mm-hmm. online and face to face yeah yeah great and and you think that um in a way online learning materials could be or could they be thought of as kind of feedback like okay now you are at this level of understanding and with your skills now as a feedback to your current level uh there is this request to check these materials mm-hmm. and do these assignments i mean is it this too far sketched or Do you think there is something in that? So on the other day, I was talking with a colleague, and she was saying that she gives this small verbal feedback, oral yeah. feedback, feedback. And I thought, well, that's powerful because when I'm evaluating the projects of students, usually I have a PDF and I take notes. Yeah, yeah. But and they can come to me and ask for feedback for their project. Mm-hmm. And usually, if I have 50 groups, maybe it will came four groups. Yeah, less yeah. than it's it's yeah. almost not nothing and um and i think that maybe next year i'm going to try to get to to make these small records yeah i do the evaluation and then i'll record a minute video or one two minute video saying what they did well and what they didn't oh. so well mm, and nice. i think that could be powerful because one of the things that i notice in my students so my students the, these ones that i have this year they they are in the third year Yeah. So the other two years were in COVID, so yeah. they didn't have any um, connection face to face with teachers. So it happened one thing on on these classes that I was saying that I give feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the groups mo- normally are four people for for yeah. students, and there was this student. We were two, me and the colleague, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the students were presenting the work, and he was. Totally red. He was so so. It was feel. He was not feeling well. Yeah. Because he's not used to this. Yeah. And at the end, I said, mm, "Should I say something or not?" And then I told him, "At at the end of the class, can you can we talk one minute?" And he said, yeah. "Oh yes, okay." Very afraid, of course, because he had no idea what I was going to say. But, and then I told him, "Well, do you know, I thought that you were overreacting. You were so much. It it wasn't." You don't need to be like that. So it wasn't the final presentation. It was just a, a conversation oh, like yeah, we are having yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't need them to do a PowerPoint presentation. No, it's just mm-hmm. a conversation. And he said, yeah, you're right. You know, you're right. But I'm not used to this. Yeah. And I'm so glad that here we have these meetings where you give feedback. And at the end, we are going to have a presentation because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not used to this. Yeah. And students right now, are not used to this, to have this face-to-face contact. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, thank you for sharing this story because it uh, reminds me of uh, the concept draft. Like uh, perhaps the students are not 
So used to work with draft ideas and draft presentations, draft anything. But uh, if they do, then it's kind of natural to give feedback and always like, okay, yeah, sure, I know that this is not perfect, but come on, this is a draft. And then you get feedback and then you improve it. So it's never like, okay, let's now do a perfect thing, which, by the way, none of us can do ever. So look at, I mean, it's... Perfection doesn't exist. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, like, like let's say, um, a research article. I mean, there is always a first version of it. A book manuscript. It's a manuscript. It's a draft. And then there is like all the editing process, comments the reviewing. and everything, reviewing everything. Cover art and then next version of the cover art. It's a process, basically. And, uh, and it's, it's so crucial to let students be part of this process and in their identity building. Yeah, thank you. Amazing. Hey, um, if talking about um, learning and uh, let's go uh, to future. So <laughs> what do you think, uh, what kind of uh, university or school would be ideal? Kind of future university? So the universities, they have a double function. So yeah. they need to foresee which are the skills mm. that the future workers yes. need. And on the other side, they need to give the content yeah. that they have to give with the methodologies that they have, so available at the moment. So this is a this this is tough, mm-hmm. and I think in the future, um, people are going to work in not specifically in the same field. So I'm not that because I'm for mechanical engineering and I did everything in mechanical engineering. But in a way, I changed a little and. In my research, because now with the UNITE, I'm in a way doing research in education. Yeah. So I'm also doing that shift. I'm doing both. Uh, and I think in the future, we are going to need people to be more multidisciplinary. Yeah. And I think that to have projects where engineers and architectures and art students can collaborate and see different perspectives, it's going to be easier for them in the future to try to understand. Because there's this, so when we have an engineer, you say, ah, the artists, they don't, they don't, they are not needed in the society, but they are so much needed as much as an engineer. And and this is a sense that we need to have this um, sense of belonging Mm. to, to, to the world and to the society. And I think that if the university can make them make yeah. this shift yeah. and try to understand that we are all part of the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And to understand and communicate the value of each of the roles. So that exactly. would be the dream university. Multidisciplinary, exactly. but also like, okay, well, with this identity, with this multidisciplinary identity, I can offer and provide this kind of things respect for the other exactly yeah. exactly and then then um yeah that sounds amazing but uh then also of course uh how to do it so uh and what what kind of approaches do you force i mean you were you were sharing super interesting things about classroom and and then online and their roles but um do you see, uh, let's say, in 2050, will there be like holograms or what is the role of AI in 
in that dream university? I think so because uh, I was uh, I was giving these classes on a educational um, course for uh, professors at university, yep. and I had this class. It was related with uh, new methodologies for approaching teaching in STEM yep. areas. Yep. And uh, one of the things that I found when I was looking for this, it was this augmented reality yeah. that people are doing for training. So this was um, in an airplane. So they were doing the maintenance of the airplane. So they would put these glasses and they could see yeah. the real engine and they would have this uh, list of things that they could change. So it was a training that they had half-half at the same oh, time. Okay. So they have the reality, mm. but then they have this uh, additional information on the on the to-do list, mm. what they needed to check. And I think that probably in the future, we could have more things like that mm. without removing the physical part. It's mm. just adding new technology. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there is, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, Google Glass was one attempt, but... Uh, now let's see. There's a um, lot of interesting uh, products coming out, and it's uh, it, it might be that this just needs this one or two products that are so easy to use or so straightforward to use, um, and then just people just I don't know just follow. Yeah, exactly. So um, hey. Um, Let's go uh, to, I don't know, this is uh, uh, the question I really want to ask um, and I typically ask it from all the guests. So um, so can you share some turning point in your life? Well, I don't have a turning point because that's something that it's not my mm-hmm. personality. So mm-hmm. I'm adjusting. So I have several turning points. So I'm, I, mm-hmm. it's not a turning point. It's a, I'm, I'm just turning Little by little. So I don't have this huge moment mm. that I say, okay, this was, I saw the light. I don't have that. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm seeing all every day a little bit. So, yeah. And I think, and then I'm adjusting and shaping yeah. into something. But in the end, uh, you might have changed uh, very much, of course. Yes. <laughs> exactly. But I don't feel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't realize it. Yeah. Exactly. So that's amazing. But that's uh, isn't that um, isn't that even more effective? Might be in in, in many ways. Because it works are, for me. Yeah, I don't know how it is to be mm. on the other way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a tough question for me. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, improve slight improvement, but every day. Yeah. But does it uh, require then like uh, daily routines or like doing certain things? Every day. Maybe it doesn't happen every day, but to give space for this kind of slight reflection yes. and reflections. Reflections. I think mm. it's reflections. Mm. And give time to sometimes see different things, read different things. So I, I'm a mechanical engineering and I'm a professor, I teach, but I do many other things. So I like art, I like mm. um, to go to museums, I like to go by cycle next to the river in for 15 kilometers. Yeah, yeah. And those times I think it's when my brain adjusts and takes and understands what is happening. Yeah, yeah. But those are I mean 
basically the advice, or I don't know if it's an advice, but uh, it's like your practice is to have these slight, small or bigger turning points every single day in your work, but then in, in museum visits and when bicycling, right? Yes, doing in a different way. stuff. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. need to be where I'm working because our brain... One day I was uh, in a in a session in a seminar with a neuroscientist, and he was saying that for students it's it's more profitable if they study one one subject one hour and then they make a small break yeah. and then another hour and then they make a, another small break instead mm-hmm. of doing a long period of time without breaks of the same subject because mm-hmm. then the the brain. Now I'm talking what I don't know about, but the brain doesn't have time to process all the information mm-hmm. and make all the connections that it's needed to retain the, the knowledge. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm just doing that. No, that's amazing. In terms of my life. I, no, no. I, I just uh, thank you for sharing this because I, I just learned something um, that that is super important or interesting. I was just thinking that um, that is it so that the magic happens where you have like certain routines, but not too many in the day. And, uh, but then you allow for this kind of changes in the structure you have, you structure your day, as you said, like what, what, what you learn. I think the changes are the, yeah. the turning points. Yes. Exactly. When I change the subject, well, it's when I adjust. Yeah. But it cannot be all the time. Like no. everything changes. So kind of having, some routines, for example, your routine is to go to museum, but then you just happen to go to museum in a different city, right? Or in the same, or in my city. I yeah. Imagine I'm working every day. Yeah. Right. So on those days, maybe when I'm going home, on when I'm doing commuting, maybe I can try to adjust. So I reflect yeah. on what happened, and I say, okay, so maybe. And sometimes I make this connection. So thank you also for the question because I never thought about this, mm. and it was also. I need. I had to reflect on this because no. I didn't have any answer, and um, maybe it's like this thing that the neuroscientist said that we need time. So yeah. sometimes we need to make a pause and change what we are doing because if we are working on the same thing all the same, yeah, always it doesn't evolve. Yeah. When I'm doing a paper or a document, sometimes I need some time to get out of it, and yeah. so wait one, two days, and then when I'm coming back, I have a different vision mm. because I have adjusted already a little bit, maybe. Yeah, that's that's so great. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking aloud, but um, for example, how I've designed my, my own course is that I want to provide a lot of different kinds of activities. And perhaps this is exactly the reason what you were saying, that we should provide this kind of different experience to make the full experience like more engaging and... For students, I try to do that also in my courses uh, because the learning process, it's very complex and I think it's individual. So every person has their learning process. So it's important to have different activities and different things so we approach everyone. Yes, yes. And we can reach everyone. Hey, um, about yourself, so what did you learn last time? Was it uh, online or... Yeah, book or podcast. So at the moment, I'm learning Japanese. Yeah. And uh, I'm doing a mix also. So yeah. I started with, uh, uh, let me see. No, with, uh, with my phone, 
with Duolingo, yeah. with yeah. apps. And then I said, mm, this is okay, but I'm not actually learning a lot. So then I lo- looked on the internet. So I went for some websites. They have some recommendations. And because, I don't know if you know, but they have three different alphabets, uh, the Jap- Japanese language. Okay, I thought two only. But no, I, I hiragana, three. katakana, and kanji. Okay. Yeah, three. And because of that, uh, at the beginning I was trying to learn that. Well, I'm still trying to learn yeah. that. And um, But I started this because when I was commuting to my yeah. work, I was on Instagram or doing, seeing emails and stuff like yeah, that. And I said, yeah, yeah. Mm, I could use this in a more yeah, profitable yeah, way. So yeah. I thought, oh, I always l- wanted to learn Japanese. So yeah. I might do it. So now I'm doing that. And uh, then I bought some books because I said, okay, we, uh, maybe I need some books. And right now I'm using a book and uh, the author has these videos online mm-hmm. that combines what is in oh, the book nice. with some classes, sm- short videos five, six, seven videos. And so I combine both mm. and it's working. Well, I don't know if it's working, but I like the way okay. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> nice. Is it, how is it linked? Uh, how are those videos linked from the book? Is it like, uh, is there like a QR code or link or is it like on the, the book? video side, there is like list So the book has a, as a, as a QR code for the YouTube channel. Okay. And then on the YouTube channel, because there are several books, because Japanese yeah. is a very tough language, yeah. one of the most difficult ones. So they have five to six books. And so they are in YouTube, you have them aligned. Okay. And then you can move. So in each video, it's connected to a chapter in the book. Okay. So you can organize yourself in order to Wow, thanks uh, to for sharing. That. That's like a yeah, physical digital kind of combined but this i do at home when i'm yeah. more calm yeah when i'm on the on the on the metro or or bus or whatever i do the other ones yeah and another thing i'm i'm glad i i was almost forgetting that and i also listen to podcasts yeah because there are several podcasts mm-hmm. that teach you how to speak uh japanese yeah and it's also working so oh. when i'm walking i tend to use that Yeah, yeah, podcasts are amazing. I mean, uh, by the way, we are now doing a podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, did I ever share you when we were, at, so United European University Alliance, we had, um, uh, there was a big meeting in uh, Grenoble in France, and I listened to some French podcasts before going there, and one of them happened to be like, they interviewed artists um, oh, for an exhibition, And I had no idea that the gala dinner was in the museum, art museum. Do you remember? Yes. I walked in and um, I was like, okay, wow. So this is in art museum because I was just following the other, our colleagues. I didn't somehow check the program like in detail, like where is the dinner. And, um, and then we walked in and I went to this exhibition, like all of us. Yes. And uh, then I was like, what? This exhibition was talked about in the podcast I was listening to. While you need to in the share train. the podcast with me. I will, I will. And then I was like, okay, now I need to find that Italian guy um, whose stories I absolutely loved. So I went directly to see his art and it was the most amazing. And same with many other artists. So I, I didn't understand that I know so much about the art already 
before going to the exhibition because I didn't know that I'm going to this exhibition. So, I mean... Interesting. Just amazing what we can learn by almost by accident, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of a combination of, like, selecting and then chance. I was going to say that. Yeah. You have to make the accident happen. Yeah, 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 exactly. This is, I mean, um, my... Favorite uh, mottos is like, uh, we can help the luck to happen by being in right places, by listening to right podcasts and, I don't know, being friendly with right people. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I think. I think in the future, we, when we are learning, so if, it, if I was learning 20 years ago Japanese, I would go to a class because I'm not, I'm yeah. not having classes. Yeah. So I would go to a class, have this teacher and have and need to do what he yeah. or she was going to tell me to do. And this was, and even if it's not, if it, if, if it wasn't working for me, I was going to keep for a, for a couple of days more. Yeah. And then if it didn't work, I would forget about it. Yeah. And I would forget, I, I, I will lose the will to learn. Yeah. Instead of trying to find the best way that my learning, that works for me. Mm. And I think that sometimes students lost, lose interest on classes. Yeah. It's because of that. Yeah. Sometimes I, well, I'm also, I, I also do tutoring to students. And, um, and sometimes they say, I am struggling so much with this class and that. I said, do you know why? Because you don't know enough. You need to find the, the way for you to learn more. Yeah. So you need to go to YouTube, try to find things, try to read in advance the, the, the things, try to go to doubts, yeah. shadows and yeah. stuff like that. So because when you're engaged, you don't lose yeah. the interest in learning. Exactly. And some some uh, way to apply all that knowledge, because that helps, because when you have the motivation and the interest, the rest is like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that it's it's still, I mean, too easy or anything, but at least it's. It's more doable, basically. You have the reason to do it. Yes. Beatrice, uh, it has been fantastic, but I have still one question. <laughs> and this is a final question. I ask this question always. So, as you know, this is a cloud reacher. So cloud meaning like dream or online future, something that is somewhere far away, kind of unreachable, but something that we should be still reaching it. So uh, who is in your mind um, this kind of cloud reacher that wants to advance the world? Well, I listened to some of your podcasts and I knew you were going to ask me this. And <laughs> I never thought about that. Maybe because in Portugal we have always a bright sky, so we don't have any clouds. I don't know. <laughs> But I, well, I would say that um, everyone can be a cloud reacher yeah. if they're willing to, mm. of course. And um, it could be if you if you're every day doing something more aligned with your dream, you will be a cloud a, a cloud reacher. Mm. I would say. Mm. So kind of same as your philosophy, like every day improving, doing many different kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes we mm. have fog, so the clouds are next to us. So mm. we can dream high or dream mm. lower. Mm. You can always catch a cloud. That's a beautiful ending. 
Thank you so much. Thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure. Thanks all these for collaborators with Beatrice Silva and Tommy Kaupen. Ciao.